Where our text today is in the book of Psalms as we continue our summer series in the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm chapter number 42 for our text today. Psalm number 42 is our text today. And we know that the book of Psalms was a Jewish hymn book. It's what they sang when they went to church out of the book of Psalms. And so it's a little bit different than the rest of the Bible because it's meant to cover all sorts of topics just like the songs we sang today. Psalm 42 for our text today. I remember it was a cold day in February. I was hunting for grouse down in the woods behind my house. I was walking slowly through a brushy area And the brush was seven or eight feet high, way up overhead, so that I was well hidden. And south of me was a great big open field. I was about 20 feet from the edge of the field. And I was stopped, looking around and listening, seeing what I might see. Suddenly I heard a sound of galloping. And I looked out in the field and I saw a deer, a great big doe, running full speed ahead. And taking those long strides like a deer can down to the middle of the field. And then the deer took a sharp right and was running right straight at me. Well, I was well hidden in the brush, and that big doe was coming straight for me. It was only a matter of one or two seconds, and the deer dove into the brush. And I think she saw me at the last possible second and turned enough to miss me just barely. She went about two feet from me. I could have touched her as she went crashing by. And on she went towards the big swamp and she was gone. I was surprised by the deer's behavior. I wondered what, why was that deer running at such a speed? What made her charge so violently into the brush? Well, I was sure it wasn't me who scared the deer. Then I looked out in the field and a dog came running along with his nose to the ground, hot on her trail. There are people who have dogs that run away. And uh, when they get on the scent of a deer, they'll chase that deer for miles. Well, the dog came to the place where the deer made a sharp turn. He seemed to have lost the scent. But it was the dog hunting the deer that made the deer run so swiftly and crash so violently into the brush and run so close to me I could have touched her. In our text today, we find the very same thing. A deer running, hunted down, escaping in the wilderness. Yes, in the great variety of topics in the Jewish hymn book, we find a song with reference to a wild deer hunted down in the wild hills of Judea. And there's no doubt that the author of the song had seen something very much like I had seen. And the picture of that deer became the opening line of his song. And so let's begin and see what we can find out about the song and why it was written. Psalm number 42. You'll notice it says, To the chief musician, masculine, or it's an instructive song, for the sons of Korah, 
to the chief musician is a particularly beautiful song written by the author uh, to be sung by the musicians at the temple. Not for the congregation, but by the specially talented musicians. And this one is specially written for a group of musicians called the Sons of Korah. Now the sons of Korah had distinguished themselves as a family of fine musicians. And people who are related often have similar sounding voices, which makes their voices blend well. That's why I like to have people and their children in the choir and the grandchildren in the choir because their voices will blend naturally. So the sons of Korah were able to sing together and it sounded beautiful. Their voices blended. But the name Korah actually lives in infamy. Generations before, Korah, that's spoken of here, was a rebel. He was against Moses. He was against God and he defied Moses and he wanted to take over. So God told Moses, get everybody away from Korah. Get away from him. He's standing by his tent. Get the people away. And all the people moved away from Korah and his tent. And the ground then caved in under Korah and his tent. And he was buried alive in the sand. His sons, who had also moved away from him, survived. And so they became addicted to music and worship and songs of praise. And for generations, they used their musical talent to sing for God. David, especially fond of their music, chooses the sons of Korah to sing this song because probably they understood better than most the mercy of God. They had survived their father's sin by God's mercy. Now, it doesn't say that David wrote this song, but we can trace the events on David's life to fit this song. And so there isn't any doubt that David is the author. And after David became the king of Israel, a few years had passed by, and David had a son, a very charming fella named Absalom. And young Absalom decided that he wanted to be king. So... He used politics to influence the people. And he said to them, if I were king, I would help you. If I were king, I would make your life so much better. And if I were king, I would hear your complaints. I would change things. That, of course, is the message of every politician who ever ran for office, right? Right? Absalom was charming. He had a long black hair way down his back. He won the people over to his side. Then he went to Hebron and declared himself king. Gathered an army and he said, let's go take over Jerusalem, the capital. We'll kill the king and set up our new wonderful kingdom. Of course, the king was his father. With much support... That's the support of fools who believe politicians. He marched to Jerusalem to kill his father, the king. David has to flee. 
So he has some faithful friends, faithful men, and they leave Jerusalem traveling at night to escape Absalom on his way, and they go out into the wilderness. Now David spent his early years as a shepherd, and David knows how to get along in the wilderness. He knows where he's going. And so he's running for his life, trying to escape his own son, who wants to murder him, flees out into the wildlands, and there in some lonesome place, he stops to think. He reflects back on his dangerous situation. Now, my friends, let me ask you, how would you feel if your son was trying to kill you? How would you feel if many people turned against you? How would you feel if you were driven from your home and your son was in your house making plans to kill you? What would you pray for? For God to destroy your son? For God to restore your kingdom? For God to keep you safe? Such tragic events would certainly call for prayer. Oh God, help me! Come to my aid. Defeat my enemies. Of course, you don't know David. <laughs> he thinks different than us. He's sitting there under a tree. He's out in the wild places. And he picks up his little harp. The one he played ever since he was a boy. And he begins to strum a chord and pluck out a melody and pour his soul into a song. So let's listen as he prays to God in this time of great trouble, singing with his harp. Psalm 42, verse 1. As a heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Well, shall I? When shall I come and appear before him. David first remembers the time that he saw a deer or a heart, same thing, uh, which was hunted down. And the deer ran and escaped. And, but the deer was in the dry desert places and his sides were heaving, desperate for a drink of water. And in those dry desert places, water was scarce. And so the deer became completely obsessed with his need for water. And he's panting. And the deer makes a beehive for the nearest stream wherever it is. No longer concerned with his surroundings, the deer knows I must have water or I will die. Nothing else matters. But now, David is the hunted one. David is running for his life. And he remembers the deer panting for water. And David says, I'm hunted down like the deer and I'm panting, but what I must have is God or I will die. 
My soul, my spirit, my heart is thirsty for God. I need to feel God's presence. I need to talk to Him. I need to feel the peace that passes understanding. I need God. He doesn't say I need help. I need an army. I need my kingdom back. I need my son stopped. Rising above all of the troubles of life. He says what I need most of all. No, He says what I only need is God, God's presence in my soul. I am thirsting for God. But then he says something that's quite amazing. He says, when shall I come and appear before God? What's he talking about? What's on his mind? What does he mean appear before God? At this moment of severe trial and trouble, hunted for his life, David says, you know what I really want right now? Out in the wilderness, sitting under a tree with his harp. You know what I really want right now? I want to go to church. Ha, ha, ha. I want to go to the temple and find God there. I want to go to God's house and I want to appear before God. And we say, David, don't you know God is everywhere? You can talk to God in the woods or at home or up on the mountain anywhere. Yes, but when I go to church and I go to appear before God, it really works. And he's there. My friends, let me ask you, Do you come to church to appear before God? Is that your intention as you leave your house and drive down the road on the way to church? Are you excited on Saturday night because tomorrow morning you'll appear before God? My friends, that is a great way to get ready for church. Oh, my friends, a great way to get ready. Let's go on, verse 3. My tears have been my meat day and night. Will they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? His son Absalom has turned against him. And he plans to kill his father. And it's like Absalom says, I'm coming for you wherever you are. And your God can't help you now. Where's your God? And the people with Absalom who have joined Absalom's forces. Absalom makes no claim to have God on his side. And Absalom has taken over now Jerusalem, the capital. So they all ask, where's David God now? But there's something more than that. A particularly strange event happens. And it's really got David down. As David is fleeing from Jerusalem, he's got a group of his faithful followers along with him. And they're headed through this valley to go out into the wilderness. And up on the hill over the valley, there's a man starts shouting down at David and his friends. His name is Shimei. And he's shouting insults down to David. And he shouts down to David, 
You got what you deserved. You're a bloody man. You're a murderer. Matter of fact, David, you're an evil man. You got just what you deserved. God took the kingdom from you and gave it to Absalom. And then this Shimei begins to curse and swear. And he's cursing at David and swearing. But that's not even enough. He starts grabbing stones and throwing stones down at David and his men. Now, one of the men with David is named Abishai. He is a mighty warrior. Very distinguished in battle. Well known for his ability with a sword. And he says to David, look, just let me go over there and cut his head off. I'll do it. David said, no, no. We're going to let God take care of the whole thing. We are not going to cut his head off. But David says, you know, it makes me cry. When I hear them all say, where's your God, David? Whether it's Absalom or the people or Shimei up on the hill. Where's your God, David? I cry, he says, my tears flow. And they say, where's your God? And if I could go to church and appear before God now, I would be so happy. That's where I would find God. Verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With a voice of joy and praise. And the multitude that kept holy day. He said, when I went to the temple, all of God's people were there. And we all went together. And we were so happy. And we sang songs of praise to God. We all joined together. There was a lot of people there. And what a pleasure it was to go to God's house with all of God's people. My friends, David got it right. Is there anything more pleasant, more joyful than to gather together with God's people? I need it. You need it. Listen carefully, my friends. Jesus taught us how to pray. And he said, start like this, our Father who art in heaven. He did not say, my Father. He said, our Father. In order to pray that way, we have to join together and say, our Father, you are not an orphan. You're part of a large family. God has many children. And God loves His family to gather together. Don't you love your family to gather together? Can't wait, right? Well, so does God. And David says, I so enjoyed it when we all went to church together. Verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him, for he was the help of my countenance. He talks to himself. He says, don't be discouraged, self. Don't be frustrated. God will certainly show his face and help us and give us hope. That's a good thing when your son wants to kill you. (laughs) David says to himself, cheer up. Come on, David, cheer up. But, my friends, you know something. That's easy to say, and that's hard to do. Huh? Huh? 
We kind of know that. And so he writes a second verse to his song, starting at verse number 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I'll remember thee from the land of Jordan, from the Hermonites, and from the hill Amazer. David, in order to escape from Absalom's army, has traveled east, crossed over the Jordan River to get on the other side of the river. And on the other side, there's a mountain range. Across the Jordan River, there's a mountain range called the Hermonites. And there was once a race of people who lived in those Hermonite mountains, and their king was a giant about nine feet tall. And the Israelites under Joshua drove them out, drove them all out of the mountains and destroyed their king. And once under Joshua, the Israelites came to the Jordan River and crossed over on dry ground because God stopped the waters of the Jordan River. And now David's crossing the, remem- the river and he says, I remember what God did here. He looks up into the Hermonite Mountains and he said, I remember what God did there. And there's a little hill I'm standing on called the Hill Miser. It's not Mount Zion, just a little hill. It's not like the mountains around Jerusalem. But David stands on that little hill and he says, you know what? God is here with me. God is here. And he remembers all the things that God did in the past. Absalom may control Jerusalem, but God is here with me on this little hill. And yet, verse 7, Deep calls unto deep, but the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. David describes how his emotions go up and down. Hopeful, discouraged. Happy, sad. And he says, he crosses over the Jordan River, and I remember what God did, but suddenly his situation comes back. He says it's like the ocean, where this thunder and lightning storm is out over the ocean, and the wind and the waves are rolling, and then this mighty current of air comes sweeping across the ocean and sucks up water into the clouds. It's like a tornado sucking the water up into the clouds, and you hear the roaring of the winds, and you look at that disastrous scene, and it's so overwhelming. And he says, that's what I feel like. I'm out in the middle of the woods. My son's trying to kill me. And sometimes it's pretty overwhelming. Yet, verse 8, Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night His song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. Even though I feel overwhelmed, yet God is kind to me in the day. He even sings to me in the night. And then I pray to Him that special prayer. A prayer that every one of us needs to pray. Oh God, my life is in your hands. Do you pray that? Young or old, oh God, my life is in your hands. Weak or strong, alone or surrounded, COVID or cancer, 
Oh God, my life is in your hands. And yet, verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. Will they say daily unto me, where is thy God? It feels like a sword in my bones. It's painful to me. I hate it when people say, so where is your God? I don't want them to think that God only shows up when everything's going well. I want people to know that God is always with us in quiet times or in troubled times, on stormy days or on peaceful seas, in poverty or in prosperity, in youth or in old age, in the majority or in the minority, in sickness or in health. God is always there. His voice can be heard. Lord, He says, I want people to know that God is only near, always near. He never forsakes He never is gone to count on His presence in darkness and dawn. That's what He wants people to think about God. So verse 11, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. It's almost the same as verse 6. It's the chorus. It's the stanza and a chorus in a song. It's the chorus in the song. But there are some wonderful subtle differences. In verse 6, he said, God was the help of his countenance. Or I look up and God's face appears to me and I see the love in his eyes. And he shows me his face. But in verse 11, he said, God's the health of my countenance. I now have a healthy view of life. You can now see it in my eyes. I reflect back the love of God, my God. David went through trying times like we do. David went through a roller coaster of emotions like we do. David remembered God's blessing in the times past like we should. David knew that God was what he needed most. God's presence with God's people in God's house. Have we not known those things here? Huh? God's presence, God's people, God's house. The other day I heard a little song that I hadn't heard for years. We used to sing it when we were little kids all the time. Come and go with me. To my father's house, to my father's house, to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house, where there's joy, joy, joy. Jesus will be there in my father's house, in my father's house, in my father's house. Jesus will be there. In my Father's house, where there's peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, what happens? Absalom listened to a clever politician who told him a lie. 
David gathered his mighty men of valor, and Absalom attacked David's forces in the woods. The Bible says that the woods actually swallowed up some of the people. Absalom's long, beautiful hair got caught in the tree of an oak. They found him hanging in midair in the tree, and they killed him. The whole thing was over. David's kingdom was restored. And David's God was made plain for all to see. His song, Psalm 42, helps us know that no matter how difficult life is, hope in God. My soul, why are you discouraged? Thirst for God, and he'll bless for those who trust him. Sing in harmony. (laughs) Sing in praise. God will give us a healthy soul if we thirst after God. Ever feel hunted down? God is near to help us. May God bless you as you give him all your heart. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words here. How David opens up his heart to us, shows us the best things he has. And we're glad that we can trust you, come what may. So we ask that your spirit will touch our hearts. We will know that God is real. We'll be convinced of it as we search him out and thirst for him and find him as we gather together in his house. Thank you for showing us these things. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn in your hymn book, if you will. The hymn number 289. Standing as we sing hymn number 289, Near to the Heart of God. Standing as we sing 289, Near to the Heart of God. Page 289. Yeah.
Dear Lord, we pray that we would long after you. We pray that our hearts would be striving to find you, and always looking for you in our life, and that your presence would be the most precious thing. That coming to this place, your house, would be something that draws us, and some uh, that this place would be a place we go to meet you. And we pray that our heart would be ready to receive you, and that we would feel your peace and your love and your kindness, and know that you have our lives in your hands. No matter what it is, no matter how good or bad, whatever the day might bring, we know that you have this thing. You have each and every day in all of our circumstances. Help us to trust you and long for you and look for you in our lives. Long for the presence of God. We just pray that as we go from this place, protect us. Uh, be with us throughout this week. Bring us back with hearts ready to worship. And Lord, especially we pray that you put your hand on us as we head to this baptism. May your spirit be there and may we know it. We ask because we want you there as well. We ask humbly for your presence and just pray that your hand would be and your voice would be in every word that is said and everything that is done. We are thankful for this great day. May it be a great celebration in your name.